Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the executive director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, I am uh, going uh, live via Zoom all the way to Africa through the wonders of technology. Uh, I'm able to talk to two of my brothers who are journey brothers in a journey group, and they live in Africa in Rwanda. And I've got Hassan, I'll probably get your names, I'll probably butcher your name, but I'll try it. Hassan Kibarango. And uh, Moses Nadero, I guess. Uh, Moses, you can correct me on that if I got your last name. <laughs> but uh, be- beautiful na- tribal names that you guys have. Um, so I want you uh, listeners out there to know what's going on with these men. Um, I, I We'll find out how they got connected and uh, what happened. I know Tom C., our virtual regional director, is involved in leading this group, along with Eric Nuyu, who's from Cameroon, Africa. Uh, and, and a couple other guys who are guiding this as well. So, Hassan, I'm going to start with you. Um, tell, Introduce yourself to the listeners. Tell a little bit about who you are and uh, a little bit about yourself, your family, maybe what you do professionally or what, you know, any family things you want to share. And then t- talk about how you got connected to, to this virtual journey group. Go ahead, Hassan. All right. Thank you very much, Brian, for having us on this yeah. podcast. We are really, really excited. My name is Hassan. Kibirango, so you were pretty close in pronouncing <laughs> my name. And uh, I live in a, a small East African country called Rwanda. Um, most of you might know Rwanda from the movie Hotel Rwanda, based off of uh, a tragedy that happened in Rwanda, the genocide 27 years ago. Mm. But uh, the Lord has helped us rebuild this nation. And uh, we've been doing it hand in hand with the help of the grace of God. I am married married to a lovely wife called Joanne. And we have four beautiful children, Mm -hmm. uh, Gabriella, 12 years old, Ariella, 10 years old. And uh, we have a set of twins, Josiah and Joella. They're seven years old. I got connected to the journey. Maybe before then, I'll talk about what I do. I am a leadership consultant. We do a lot of leadership development, but then I also serve in a volunteer capacity as as a men's pastor at my local church here in our capital, which is called Kigali City. Yeah, so I I got connected to the journey through a mutual friend uh, who knows, it's a brother of mine who lives in the US. uh, He connected us to John Grimes. Mm -hmm. And uh, John then connected us to Tom C. And that's how the journey started for us. Mm -hmm. And it's been an amazing, amazing eight, almost nine months of walking this journey, a lot of growth. I, I cannot tell it all. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here, Brian. So one of, one of your friends uh, over there in the country knew John Grimes. Is that how it started? Yes. Gotcha. Okay, yes. got it, got it. Okay. Yeah, we're hoping we, there's a little bit of distortion with the, the you know, we don't, I hope it's not too bad, but uh, we'll, we'll repeat ourselves if we have to, but uh, okay, well, great. Well, that was a good start. Um, and Moses, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, um, Moses and I are my names, and uh, I'm married to Benita. God has uh, blessed us with uh, four wonderful children, two boys and two girls. 
Um, and it's been a joy uh, to be part of uh, this uh, journey uh, group. Um, I serve as the country director for World Relief here in Rwanda, a Christian organization involved in uh, relief and development work. And um, at my church, uh, one of the elders there, my um, local church, and uh, I got introduced to uh, the journey uh, through Hassan as he talked to his friend in the US uh, who introduced us to John Grimes and then to Tom C. So Hassan invited me um, to the journey and uh, it's been a wonderful experience. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I we get a, we I get all the emails when somebody contacts influencers on our website, and and occasionally we get contacts from Africa, and uh, sometimes I think it's just men maybe trying to f- find contacts in the U.S. maybe for their ministry or something, and um, in the past I would just say, well, we can't really help you because we're not in Africa, but now now we can say, well, one way we can help you, maybe not with with our gold or silver, but what we, we can do is we can take you on the journey and help make decide you become a disciple, you know. And so I don't, do you know, if there is there anybody else in your group that came um, by just looking on us on the internet? Do you know any of the other men in the group? Probably not in our cohort, our current cohort. The men that we're taking the journey with are, we're all friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, we're we four best friends that. Uh, we started this journey together. There were a few other men that started off with us, but somehow they weren't able to on the journey uh, because of one reason or another. So okay. all of us who are taking the journey currently, uh, me, Moses, Jimmy, and Vincent, who uh, are part of and this. Um, mm. Yeah, and Pacific. Pacific, he's, uh, he's a medical doctor who, I mm. think Pacific's connection to the journey was through uh, Eric, yes, and, uh, mm-hmm. yes. Um, but Eric other than knew him, knew you, yes. Other than him, it's the four of us right now. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's interesting, you know. So that's that's really the way the journey works, and that's the way the journey reproduces is through friends, you know, through our friends, through our family, through people that we have influence with, right? So it sounds like that's what's happening here. You know, you told your friend about it and he told it, you know, so, mm-hmm. so that's, that's great. And that's the way it will reproduce, right? Um, yeah. is, is if you guys learn, understand it, and then you can bring it to the people in your country. And so, so our listeners are probably thinking you guys speak pretty good English. Um, and so they, they may not know. I, and Hassan, I was asking you before we started the recording uh, about what languages. So go ahead and tell everybody what languages are spoken in Rwanda. Yes, so Rwanda has uh, three national languages. We have our local dialect called Kenya Rwanda, mm-hmm. and uh, we have um, English and French as uh, the officially recognized languages. But then we mm-hmm. speak a little bit, a few people speak a little bit of Swahili. You've heard about Swahili? Yes, yes. More common, a uh, more common African language because we are near, we're bordering nations that speak a lot of Swahili. Tanzania, mm-hmm. uh, the Congo, Uganda, Burundi, almost all nations within the Great Lakes region, East mm-hmm. African Great Lakes region speak Swahili, but it's not officially recognized in Rwanda other than uh, the fact that a few people speak speak it as well. Yeah. Did, did you tell me that uh, 80% of the, the language spoken is the native language? Is that right? 80%? Is that what you told me? 
pretty much pretty much 80%. Then you have um, the professionals and um, obviously the elite, the educated that would speak English and French occasionally during um, uh, official business. Mm. Uh, it's an official business language, but largely the local dialect is spoken uh, in the nation here. Okay. That's interesting because you because you speak very good English, both of you, and so it'd be hard to yeah. You know, I would think that would be your first language, the way as good as you guys speak, which is yeah. Great. Wow. Well, maybe Moses could tell you a little bit of our, our history because we share a bit of our history. We we did mm. grow up in Rwanda. He can maybe share a few. Yeah, why yeah, our English yeah. seems to be a little good. <laughs> well, tell me, Moses. tell me about that, Moses. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah. Um... Our parents were refugees uh, in Uganda, um, and they we had um, internal uh, conflicts in the country with the starting from fifty nine when the divide and rule uh, strategies were being implemented uh, during the colonial times, and then uh, the hatred among uh, the well knit community prior to that, uh, started to hate each other and kill each other. Then our parents uh, did uh, seek refuge in the neighboring countries when they were still very young. So um, I was born in Uganda. So uh, I grew up there uh, speaking Luganda uh, as a local uh, language there. And then we learned English there because that was uh, the language of training. And then through the... uh, elementary and the high school uh, classes there in Uganda. So we had that privilege uh, to learn uh, not only the local language, but as well as uh, English. So as Hassan had alluded to, uh, in 1994, uh, during the genocide against the Tutsi, we had the opportunity to get back home. And uh, that gave us opportunity to uh, come back home, which many of us were looking forward to. And uh, that also opened uh, opportunities to us to rebuild the country and be part of uh, shaping its future. But as well as learning uh, French and uh, deepening our understanding of our mother language, which is uh, Kinyarwanda. So um, that's part of it. Uh, We have uh, people who grew up in the neighboring countries who came to join those that were in the country to, uh, you know, those that had survived and stayed uh, after the aftermath of the 1994. So you will find people who are here, people from the neighboring countries that called Rwanda home, collaboratively now uh, rebuilding this nation. Mm. So Moses, tell me, tell me since uh, you've got the floor, how, how did you come to know Jesus Christ as your savior? Um, I was uh, born in a Christian family. Uh, while um, in Uganda, my parents uh, were Catholics. Um, and then uh, when we came uh, back to Rwanda, uh, my parents um, gave their life to Christ and um, they joined Assemblies of God Church. And um, that continued to, you know, uh, open doors for me to learn more about Christ. But uh, from uh, a distance, from a family perspective, uh, and uh, not from a personal level. Mm-hmm. So I went through that. And then um, when I was about to join university, 
I got wild as uh, every uh, young gentleman. I decided to try out the world, you know, and, uh, you know, try to test these things my parents were telling me are not right. So I did all they said not to. (laughs) 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 And then uh, that is, um, you know, from drinking, from going to nightclubs, from doing all sorts of things. But being the firstborn of 11 kids, um, as I was heading to the last year of uh, my um, college, and uh, with the sense of what my parents continuously instilled in me at an early age, I realized that the issues and the pressures I was seeing on my life, I needed uh, a relationship with God. However, I had... uh, fear in me of leaving my friends that we used to go out with. But I also deep down wanted to change. So I decided to say, you know what, I'll drink Friday, nurse my hangover on Saturday and go to church on Sunday. (laughs) 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 And then (laughs) I did this for quite, um, you know, like six months, but um, one, um, Friday, I decided when I had finished my drink, I decided to call it the end. And I said, I was in a bar with my friend. I said, no, this is going to be my last drink. I'm tired of this. Um, I should uh, make a decision. So the following Sunday, I went to church. And, you know, uh, the church, which I'm still a member of by that, they was not making altar calls. So the Pastor preached, and after that, this was uh, in August 2006, 28, uh, when um, after she had taught her sermon, I stepped forward. And uh, the ushers there looked at me and said, what's wrong with this man as I stepped forward? And uh, the pastor asked me, uh, what's wrong with you? I said, I want to give my life to Christ. Mm. So a wonderful journey of um, experiencing uh, the goodness and the love of Christ on uh, my life, so never regret. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a great story. Yeah. Hassan, Hassan, tell me about you. Tell me about your faith journey, coming to know yeah. Christ. Thank you. My, mine is uh, a, a little different from uh, Moses's. Mine was actually uh, born out of a personal tragedy that happened. So I was born in a Muslim family. I was born to a Muslim father who was a little bit liberal, so she married uh, Christian women. So as a Muslim, she had quite a number of wives, which is acceptable in Islam. So my mother was one of um, one of seven of his wives, mm. and uh, but she was a Christian. Some some of his wives were Muslim, but but we took on our father's faith. So in. 2003, in January, my my mother fell gravely ill. She had breast cancer. And then I remember the last day of February, we we lost my mom. And uh, on the first of, on the second of March, the day we buried my mom is is the day I actually gave my life to Christ because there was uh, an incident around our home where... Uh, my father my father had passed on a couple of years before that. So my father's family uh, said it is taboo to marry, to, to bury a non-Muslim woman in, in a Muslim home. 
So, but my mom had a small fellowship of, of believers in our local village who came and prepared everything around the funeral. They, they loved on me. They really took care of the entire vigil. So one night, the night before we buried my mom, they were singing hymns and singing about Jesus and the love of Jesus. So I'm seated there in my grief. I'm listening to these songs I'd never heard before. And they were talking about how Jesus loves us and died for us. So I remember after burying my mom, and um, I, I remember talking to my aunt, who was my mom's sister. I said, how can these strangers who I do barely know love me so much and be part of this process and my family uh, reject me at my time of grief. <laughs> and my aunt who was a very strong Christian used that very opportunity to minister Christ to me. Says, you see Hassan, that's the difference between the love of Jesus and the hatred of religion, which religion you're a part of. And he, she told me, you're gonna have to make a decision whether to continue with this religion or to give your life to Christ. And um, that I, I said, why not? I mean, for me, it was very, very clear. And uh, one of my favorite texts is, uh, I believe in John 12, uh, that says that unless uh, a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Mm. I believe that it took my mom being laid down as a seed, literally, mm. for me to be given life to uh, spiritually. So yeah, in a nutshell, that's how I received Christ. And it's been an amazing journey ever since. <laughs> mm. I love that story. That is awesome. So uh, Matt, Moses, I guess I'll go back to you. Um, tell me, tell me, going through the journey, what is, has, have there been any surprises, any, any new revelations that God has shown you by going through mm. the journey than what you knew before? Yeah, um, I think there's a quite a lot that uh, I've uh, I've learned on the journey, and uh, I'm sure there's still more because we are still on this journey. Uh, but one of the things that uh, have become very clear uh, to me is God's love for for me, and it's been um, through the different. Uh, sessions that we've gone through, uh, understanding it, what the, what helped me is really the, the shepherd and sheep relationship, how the shepherd cares for the sheep and how we as the sheep, we can make some stupid and foolish decisions in life, but he still loves us. And he always cares and um, he knows all about us and um, his unconditional love and forgiveness uh, has been presented to me in simpler and profound ways than I had never seen before. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I think that's a big theme for a lot of uh, people who go through the journey that they didn't, mm. they believe that God knows and he's uh, willing or knows and maybe that he cares Maybe that he's willing, but that he's able, you know, so they have to work on that to understand that he really does care and that he is yeah. will, willing to help us with things. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hassan, what comes to mind for you as far as new revelations from the journey? Wow, I, uh, there's really a lot, but <laughs> just, mm -hmm. just for the purposes of our conversation is, um, first of all, 
the way the journey started for us, it was a beautiful adventure. It was as like I was watching those mid 18th century old movies of, you know, the journey to the inner chamber and uh, just <laughs> going through the different phases into the castle, the outer court. And it was just, it was just mind blowing. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm a very visual guy. Mm-hmm. I love, you know, pictures and mental pictures. I, I thought that was a really great start and it really hooked me to, to say mm-hmm. there's something here. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, but as we moved along looking at um, the different aspects of God, God knows, God cares, uh, God is willing, able, uh, and just just a beautiful concept of abiding. You know, mm-hmm. we, we've taken so many weeks just, just talking about this idea of abiding in Christ and being fully rooted now that we are grafted in and everything else worthwhile uh, flows out of that idea of abiding in Christ. And, you know, to be honest with you, Brian, um, there is nothing essentially new that, that we're introduced to in terms of the concepts, I mean, of abiding. John 15, we've always read through that. But the way it is presented through the journey is just absolutely mind-blowing. And maybe the other one that for me was... Um, was um, dealing with the orphan spirits, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is one that uh, through my uh, infancy in Christianity and, and even as I've journeyed to grow in Christ as a disciple, is something that I dealt with for a very long time. And to know that there's a father that loves us and cares for us and wishes well for us uh, is, 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 is mind-blowing. So those are some of the highlights uh, from the journey for me. I was going to ask you, you made me think of something. So the story about Gabe, you know, the man uh-huh. he meets and all that, does, did that yes. did that resonate with you? Did you guys understand that story and the context of the story? I mean, you know, uh, as far as, you know, so when we were first uh, talking about, uh, Eric knew he was talking about bringing this to his home country. And there was a thought that the people from his country wouldn't understand a snowstorm. You know, in the beginning, this, <laughs> the story, the man is caught in a snowstorm and he ends up coming to Gabe's. And and it doesn't snow where you guys live, I'm assuming, right? Um, yep. So yeah, it, was it, it doesn't snow, but we watch a lot of movies. So <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, you watch movies, so they yeah, you've seen snow on TV and movies or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was no problem in in uh, understanding this context of the story because of culture, or anything because of the different cultures. Was there any problem with that? I no think particular. Maybe maybe Moses, please go first. Yeah. Go ahead, Moses. Yeah, I think uh, because again of the benefit of understanding the language, um, that we didn't see uh, any barrier uh, in the concepts there. But I think as you take it down to the people that have not had the advantage of uh, going to English schools, maybe a limitation. But most of the principles are really. Uh, appropriate for our context as well mm. so, yeah. so so if you um if you guys were going to bring it to your people like let's say next year after you're done um mm. i guess would you would you start with english-speaking people over there would you start there and then you know would there be a need to translate it into the local language eventually oh. maybe I, I don't know just curious mm. I, I think I will, I will go ahead hassan yeah, 
so so I will and I would like Moses to speak a little bit deeper into mm-hmm. that because he works with churches all over the country. Okay. And he he would be able to give us a broader context of our mm-hmm. nation in terms of churches and, and how we can get people. But you know, we're we're in the city, and, and the city we're in has you know urban elite people, many of whom are exposed, many of whom are well traveled. So for me, that is my main primary audience, uh, even in the work that I do with corporate organizations. So uh, they would fairly fit in that, that category of urban dwellers, city dwellers. They would be mm-hmm. fairly fit in with, with the journey as it is in English. Mm-hmm. Even the, the French version that, uh, that is there, because we have some urban elite who are French speakers as well. But um, now having it permeate into the rural and, and, and the outskirts of, of the city, maybe Moses could um, throw a bit of light on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right, Hassan. Um, since this uh, program is in English already, and it's in French, I've heard from uh, the group members, uh, then the next step would be to put it into the local language so that we have a menu where if you want to have it in the local language, you're not uh, seeing this as a barrier. If you're comfortable in English, here it is because you already have it. If you want it in French, here it is, you already have it. The next step would be to also produce it in the language uh, where most, the majority of the people would really appreciate. And I think that would cause uh, total transformation on how people are discipled uh, in this nation. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, we we had a board meeting the other day, and we were talking about we were dreaming big, you know, and we were saying our goal would be to make disciples of all nations, you know, all tribes, mm-hmm. all cultures. Um, and one of the board members said, "Well, I guess it's the journey's for everybody, unless except for the people who don't want don't want to go through it." And I said, yeah. "Well, no, that's not true. Right now, the people that are excluded are people who don't speak the languages that we have it translated in. So there's a lot of people." that are excluded right. right now. So our mm-hmm. dream is our dream and hope is for God to raise up champions in other countries who can help us with the translation work to get it into the other languages and all that. And then, you know, yeah. we can help, we can help support that from the global mm-hmm. office. But, uh, but this is a, a perfect example because there's people yeah. that you, that you might, God might want to reach through you, man, but you need mm-hmm. it in the, in the local language, you know? So yeah. it will be a huge gift to the people of Rwanda. Mm. Yeah, an amazing gift. And and just know, Brian, that uh, we've already been sold to the journey. We we love its its transformational impact. And you have champions in us uh, in terms yeah. of how do we move this conversation forward and get it um, translated. We can we can always help find people who are very good with the local dialect who can help us with that. So if, if, if you want us to continue that conversation, just know that Moses, myself, uh, Jimmy and Vincent, who are not on this call, uh, uh, this, this would be something that we wish for everyone else to go through. That's so great. That is so great. Um, and, and you were the kind of people that, yeah, and we've seen God raise up men like you in the United States that just, yeah. they love, they fall in love with the process because they want, and they want to help make disciples, you know, they want a tool and uh, when, when Rocky wrote this stuff, uh, you know, and, and started this, he had no idea, you know, what it would go where it's gone. I mean, his vision was mm-hmm. just businessmen in America. He wasn't even thinking about, you know, now it's spread to, 
churches to women to couples and now other countries you know so it's really exciting to see what what has happened so mm -hmm. so that's so good well um yeah. i guess my, maybe my last question is um how do you find doing the journey over zoom you know virtual is is that difficult or is that okay i mean you know it's a good it's it's a way for us to reach people in other countries obviously since we don't live there um mm -hmm. do you find it is it working okay? Either one of you can answer. Yeah, G generally it is. I mean, for the last nine months or so, eight, eight to nine months, we're almost done with the journey. Uh, we've been meeting, we started meeting weekly for a couple of weeks, and then we've been meeting bi-weekly. Mm -hmm. uh, and we meet for a two hours stretch with the, the brothers in the US, Tom, Scott, and, um, and, and, and John, and, and, and Eric. And it's been a beautiful journey. We are privileged in, in Rwanda to, to have high-speed internet. We have fiber internet, so that helps. Mm -hmm. So, But that notwithstanding, there once in a while where you have low speeds and uh, maybe if it's raining heavily or whatever. Yeah, but that's yeah. on a very, very rare occasion. But in terms of the opportunity for engagement, I think also given that the post-pandemic world we're in today, it, it doesn't get better than Zoom. I mean, think about the opportunity that this could have, uh, you know, far and wide. Yeah, so I, I believe it's a, it's, it, it, it has come at a better time because of well, and, the opportunity of technology. And I, I, must, I think a lot of people in America, when they think of Africa, they are thinking more of the, in the rural areas. They're, they're, they're what they've seen on TV, right? They're not thinking yes. of a city center. So it sounds mm -hmm. like the even in the bigger cities in Africa, they have, High-speed internet and technology <laughs> and all this stuff. Yeah, you, know, oh, you guys, yeah. you're not you're you're not living we, in a hut. We, we have we have we have KFC <laughs> as well, fast food restaurant. <laughs> so it's uh, <laughs> oh yes, we do. So yeah, yeah it's, but, um, but but it's, but there are people. There are places where there's no high-speed internet. I mean, there definitely are oh, yes. rural areas where there it, there would be no technology. Definitely. So you you have definitely. to bring it live face to face. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, Moses. there would be hindrances. Uh, I would say most of the cities in this country, you would be able to access the internet, you know, um, but there are some pockets within the nation where it would be very difficult. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, back to Zoom and the journey, uh, I think um, we, we've been blessed to have wonderful, wonderful guides in this session. And um, Tom, John, Scott, Eric, Maxi have been a huge blessing. Uh, even though we've missed the opportunity to uh, share a meal or share a drink or uh, get that part on the back together and praying together, but uh, we've genuinely seen their love and uh, patience with us. You know, because <laughs> at times, uh, maybe because of a limited connectivity on the road or assignments, they've been really, really wonderful people. And uh, some of, like John, you know, it's been amazing and humbling to see the commitment mm -hmm. he has and the love he has. He's getting on the call. He's in the hospital, but he's willing to, you know, get together and minister to us and be a blessing to us. Uh, that, it's priceless. 
So I think we've felt that even though we are thousands of miles away, you know, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to uh, meeting with them and hugging them and, uh, you know, yeah. life together. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan yeah. of the virtual because uh, I did the first group with Tom, you know, and we and we it was an experiment, and uh, we found yeah because you can see everyone's face and their expressions and yeah mm-hmm. we felt the love and the bonds happen within the first few weeks, which is great. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. Well, brothers, our time is up, but thank you for giving us a little flavor, just 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 a little bit about what's happening with you in the journey and. Uh, and I love your enthusiasm. I love your smiles. I love uh, your hearts <laughs> thank you. uh, for Jesus. So uh, thank you for being. I'm so glad God raised you up and sent you our way. And uh, you're a, you are an answer to prayer for us because we're praying for God to raise up champions, you know, and, uh, and you're an example right here. So thank you so yeah, much. Yeah. So, OK, thank you, you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, yeah. this has been uh, this has been the Influencers Network podcast, and uh, we do these to share stories of uh, the, of how the journey is being used to make disciples all around the country and now around the world, all the way in Africa, even today, as you guys have heard today. So, and also we uh, you can find other podcasts on our website, influencers.org, and go to the podcast page and or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Uh, we have all our podcasts on Apple and Google and other places as well. So anyway, I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.